So how about all this election stuff? I'll let you start. <laughs> um, well, we were watching pretty closely last night. Interestingly, Texas seemed almost like it was going to go blue there for a while, you know, even with 61% of the votes in. And so we were kind of biting our fingernails watching that, but then, you know, it didn't turn out <laughs> in our way, our favor, <laughs> but Biden will probably still win. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, my, um, I was even joking with people. I said, you know, Texas, if you finally turn blue, I promise no more redneck jokes. <laughs> I mean, Texas is closer to turning blue than place like Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. I mean, it would be nice, but it's probably not happening. <laughs> yeah. So, or, I um, mean, it could le- legitimately happen either next time or the time after that, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. Th- that, that's, yeah, let, let's start with that. Then. Pretty much, inevitably, the blue wave is coming. Whether this year or not, it's coming. Um, you know, we know this because all these marijuana bills have passed. Um, and then popular vote, I mean, inevitably, Biden gets the popular vote. That doesn't decide an election, but it goes to show that, you know, despite all these little states that aren't on board, most of the people are. And um, I'm even going to go so far as to say that with, within the next election, we, we just might um, get more states to join the, um, what do you call it, the pact to uh, change oh, the, the electorals. As far as the electoral college stuff goes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's been an up and down thing, but uh, it's actually getting entertaining now because, again, I'm pretty confident Biden's going to win at this point. And so just seeing Trump flailing for trying to hold on to for dear life, you know, trying to stop votes from getting counted, uh, yeah. claiming all this fraud, just it's hilarious. And it's just going to make it all that much more painful for him whenever he has to get his ass out of the white house. Yeah. Uh, you know, Kyle Kalinske, I don't know if you're familiar with him. Um, secular talk. Oh uh, yeah. He was on, yeah. Yeah. He was on Joe Rogan last night. And before that he predicted, I think he was pretty much going off of Nate's prediction, which is he says Biden's going to get 351. I think that's way too optimistic, Yeah, but I think it's still safe to say that um, Biden's going to win. Now, yeah. Bernie and, and, and Kyle and, you know, most rational people who know how things work correctly said that Trump is going to try to say he won last night just because he's going to look, look like he's ahead. And the good thing about all that is that if Biden's leading in any States right now, whether swing or not, it's highly unlikely it'll flip the other way, but vice versa is just not true. Yeah, because most of the the uh, mail-in vote, votes are going to be disproportionately Biden supporters because that's exi- that's what Democrats supported uh, mail-in ballots because of the coronavirus, whereas Trump people are like, show up in person and be as obnoxious as you can and get everything right in. So Trump's tapped out. He's not going anywhere positive, I, I don't think. What I found interesting was last... Not not last night. Yesterday, um, there's a radio host in, in California, probably even LA. His name's Hugh Hewitt. He's been you know, you know Republican Republican conservative all along since Bush. He um, he posted, and I think 
he had to come from somewhere. But he and both both him and Don Jr. said, uh, please don't give up on voting. We need everybody's vote. It, don't listen to the media. Make sure you vote. Oh, thinking, yeah, I saw that exact I'm tweet. thinking, dude, you're worried just now? I mean, you think you, th- you don't don't you think that's what we've been telling people all along? Like now, suddenly you're worried about people not voting. Really? Yeah, he he posts uh, posted something to the effect of no, you know that you have rights. You don't have to get out of line, blah, 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 blah. I'm like the left wing uh, Facebook and social media things have been posting that shit for multiple weeks. So how are, how it's so patently false him acting like the mainstream media's saying otherwise <laughs> yeah yeah the, the, all, the funny thing about it is this is not um you know what people like to say um advanced projection you accuse somebody of what you're doing before you do it or before, oh, yeah. before you're caught they literally had to copy what we're saying because we've been saying that because i'll say this you know definitively we meaning democrats liberals leftists are not afraid of everybody voting yeah we're not afraid of anybody voting I've gone so far to say that, yeah, I mean, this is one thing you and I disagree on. I am pro-direct democracy, especially in the United States right now. I'm yeah, not I'm under any delusion that it will always that. be in my favor, <laughs> but, but, I'm, but you know, as of now, I am very much not afraid of everybody voting. I don't care how stupid, ignorant, or you know, hateful you are. I want everybody to vote. And I know that all, all things taken into account, popular vote is still in favor of Democrats. So, you know, Republicans can come up with all these conspiracy theories, but we know, I don't care if they know, we know that the more people vote, the better for us. Yeah. It's funny to see them suddenly getting a little nervous that, Oh, maybe our people wouldn't be, wouldn't get to vote. Why? (laughs) Just now. (laughs) And it's pretty, pretty clear that the popular vote favors uh, Democrats and liberals because we've seen like the both of the last two elections where the electoral college and not the popular vote decided it like more people voted for the Democrats. And so it's pretty, uh, you can be pretty confident that if, if it was just going by the popular vote that Democrats would win. Yeah. But in my, but in my opposition of, uh, of direct and absolute democracy, I would, uh, Liberals would be, be even more he- ahead, <laughs> but the more pragmatic, rational ones like Andrew Yang rather than fanatics. Yeah, but I guess you and I could probably agree on something is even if we don't have direct democracy, we probably should still have popular vote. Do you agree? Um, what, what do you mean? As in a popular like, vote in, in, in deciding a president. Yeah, whoever the most people vote for should win. Like, yeah. for example, the idea behind the Electoral College is actually something that I agree with, but the Electoral College doesn't serve that purpose anymore. It was mm-hmm. supposed to, back in the old days when it was first made, um, the smartest people basically lived in rural areas because they're usually the richest ones and they have, you know, big plots of land and all that sort of stuff. And so they were trying to give rural votes extra weight because that's tended to be where more educated people were a lot of the time. And today it's flipped on, on its head. The dumbest people are usually rural voters. And the funny thing is even Republicans that advocate for uh, keeping it are admitting that like I've heard Republicans literally say, 
Um, you got to give rural people more votes because they they have a very long, convoluted, and subtle way of admitting that um, either people in rural areas don't get the, the same information, or they inherently have less power, or um, maybe in a backhanded way, uh, people in New York City don't understand how our struggles here in on, on the farmland. And I'm asked, and I'm thinking, what about vice versa? Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're right. People in New York City and New York don't know what you struggle with in rural areas. But do you? Yeah, it's pretty funny. All their excuses of why they why they want the Electoral College are stupid reasons. Exactly. Like th- th- they haven't read any actual intellectual intellectual no, literature simple, on they... on the tyranny of the uh, of the tyranny of the majority. All they do. All they know is the last two times that the popular vote didn't decide the president it benefited them and that alone is the reason why they want to keep the electoral college had it been gore that won in 2000 and had it been hillary that won in 2016 and it was against the popular vote they would have they'd be completely singing that different tune it's not an actual they're not actual exactly (laughs) yeah i you're right they i don't think they even believe the you know reasoning that they're saying. Yeah. It's just a talking point to justify what they already want because they think it'll yeah. benefit them. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll be honest, you know, I've been, uh, either nonpartisan or Republican leaning or libertarian most of my adult life in 2016, when Trump won, I just kind of shrugged and said, oh, yeah, you know, that's how the system works, whatever. I, I really didn't think that much, but the past four years really, you know, just put it this way. Trump really made people hate him. Now, Trump yeah. won in 2016 because of Obama, but he'll lose this year because of himself. Well, I don't know if he, you could say he won because of Obama because Obama's uh, approval rating had been increasing like the entire election year of 2016. Yeah, but the, um, well, maybe to put, put it more broadly, uh, he he won because he was, at least selling something new. He was selling something new. People gave him the benefit of doubt because he wasn't, he has no experience. That's his strength. <laughs> he has no experience in government. So whatever Trump fucked up on in the past four years, guess what his fans are saying? Hey, look, well, Joe Biden was in government for 47 years. He didn't do shit. <laughs> I mean, that, 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 the whole four years, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but the whole four years, every defense for him was, yeah, but they did it too. Yeah. So back to, um, uh, let's see, what should we talk about first? Um, well, I was going to say it's kind of a, I still think it's hilarious that they're trying that their, uh, mode of attacking Joe Biden is that he's going to bring socialism, which is just idiocy. He is literally the least socialistic person that was on the democratic stage. And he was the one that was chosen there's socialism is not something is not even on the table. Yeah. But you know, if you're a Republican and and real socialism, but Republicans define everything as socialism. Exactly. Yeah. Republic. If I'm up to a Republican, everybody that I don't like is socialist. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, or, or communist communist. If you want to go all the way. Exactly. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see, uh, in weeks and months and even the next few years, 
uh, using, I'll have, I'll have to keep it in my back pocket to tell people they need to stop showing their, their Biden derangement syndrome. Oh yeah, exactly. That's what I've been so excited about for the past two weeks. It's like, I've been slowly digging up all the things they've said to me in the past three years. Oh, and yeah. I'm going to say, okay, yeah, it's my turn. I ain't going to play nice anymore. I'm <laughs> fucking done. I mean, we, we really tried to. I'm going to go out of my way to be as insufferable as you people were for the last four years. And exactly. of course, you're going to say, or the, the entire four years, Trump and their whole cult is about about how oppressed they are and how much nobody likes me and all this other sort of stuff. And just, and we're just that's losers. exactly what they're going to do to Biden though. But Obama couldn't wear a tan suit without them throwing a fit, like front page news on, on Fox. It's they're going to do the same thing to Biden and it will be transparent yeah. that, that it's and it'll be, it'll way be like worse. tea party all over. Again. Oh Yeah. Because if you're old enough to remember Tea Party, I distinctly remember, like, back when Obama was first elected, I was still Republican-leaning, you know, anti-tax, pro-small government, all that bullshit. Yeah. I remember thinking, even as much as I was not pro-Obama, I remember thinking, watching every moment of Fox News, they act like the world was perfect before 2009. <laughs> yeah. They act like, you know... We didn't pay any taxes, but now we're suddenly going to have to budget some of our income to pay for my taxes. Oh, yeah. That's one and, of the biggest yeah. stupid things that, yeah. that Republicans and then, and then say. I, I guess, you know, for the first four years, I kind of just gave up on, you know, fighting Democrats because I just thought, you know, this is kind of the norm. Maybe Americans just don't want, um, you know, low, lower taxes and small governments. So I kind of didn't didn't think much of it. And then Obama won again in 2012, and then I really stopped caring. Then came 2016, and again, I just thought, I think all I remember was, I don't like Trump because he's kind of racist. And I didn't think he was going to win. And just to reiterate, you know, people keep saying, you know, the polls were wrong and Nate was wrong. No, I I can't emphasize this enough. Nate was more right than anybody. In fact, he was very right for 2016. He was yeah, I mean, if you don't look in the details, he was wrong insofar as um, giving. No, he wasn't even wrong about that. He was. The polls right are, to say, were right. Hillary won yeah. more votes. Yeah, he, not just that. Nate gave um, Hillary something like 70, 75%. So it was about, you know, 30% versus 70%. Nate and, from Secular Talk, is that who you're talking about? No, no, no. Kyle, from, Kyle is from Secular Talk. Nate is from 538. Oh, okay. I'm getting them mixed up. <laughs> yeah. So Nate from five five thirty eight said that um, Hillary has a thirty percent chance of losing, but Trump won by about one percent. That's totally right. Yeah, yeah. And so from that lesson, this is where this is where we you know compare. That's what matters. Trump had you know, before electors actually cast their votes three oh six. So today, as we are here, um, he. He's lost Arizona and Wisconsin. That's 21 gone, and you're down to 285. Yeah, and he's probably losing Michigan. He's pro- I think he's probably losing Michigan. You're right. So let me just read the, the whole list of states that he all has to keep just to, just to maintain 2016. I mean, I so, think if Biden yeah. currently gets Wisconsin and Michigan, he will win. Exactly. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Then he won't need Pennsylvania. Yep, or North Carolina, <laughs> or Georgia. 
Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I'll just go go through the math for people who you know are are new to this. Trump had three oh six in in twenty sixteen. That's before the the electors actually voted because then he had two people go rogue and it was three oh four. That doesn't matter. He had three oh six on election night or whenever the the votes were were completely tallied. As of today, he already lost Arizona and Wisconsin. That's twenty one down. So he's down to two eighty five. Okay. Did he have Nevada in twenty sixteen? Uh yes, uh, no 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 no. Um, Nevada, Nevada was blue. Nevada was blue. Yes. Oh, okay. Let me let me make sure. Yes, Nevada was blue. So, two eighty five from there. Now you have this. Are the these are the list of states: Georgia, Pennsylvania, Texas, Florida, North Carolina, and Michigan. He literally has to keep every single one of these, to, to to not lose. Yeah. He loses one of these. 16 gone, he's, he drops below 270, and that's it. So this is where I think Nate is kind of wrong, is he predicted Georgia, Florida, and North Carolina to all be blue. Currently, they are still red, and yeah. I'm not too concerned about it. I'm, my eyes are on Michigan or Pennsylvania. And once, and, um, once you get Michigan or Pennsylvania, again, either you lose 15 or – or 16, doesn't matter, you're dangerously low to 270, then all you need is somebody from um, Maine or Nebraska or somebody to go rogue. Yeah. But we, you can't bank on somebody going rogue. That's, ne- that's never happened. It's, if it's that tight, you're not going to – it's not even going to get that far. So my point is, yeah, despite Nate being wrong on three states, Biden's still going to win. Kyle might be wrong about, you know, 351, but, you know, again, he only needs to win. He, uh, Biden only needs to win one of the next six states. Yeah, and he almost certainly will win Michigan. I'm actually, I think that CNN already, like, posted on their Twitter that they're projecting Biden as the winner to Michigan, which pretty much seals the deal. Yeah, yeah. And there's a very good possibility that all the mail-in ballots that, that Pennsylvania's counting may actually be enough to swing Pennsylvania, even though we don't need Pennsylvania, it would still be salt in the wound for Trump voters to be beaten even more overwhelmingly. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I had a guy a week ago say that maybe three or five days ago, he says, Oh yeah, this is my projection. He posted a map. He says, you know, if Trump gets um, Michigan, he won't need Pennsylvania. I said, you're right. But that's an if I look closely this guy was totally sold on Arizona and Florida staying red. And we already know now Arizona is not staying red. So, yep. which is pretty amazing actually that, that Biden got a comfortable win in a historically conservative Arizona. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't, I didn't look yet in California's orange County, but you know, doesn't, doesn't matter. We're 66%. <laughs> I, I mean, despite, you know, all the propositions that aren't exactly going liberal, we're still a rich people state. Yeah, California's never been it's never been really been a concern of whether whether California is going to go Republican or Democrat or at least not in modern days. <laughs> not yeah. looking at the Democrat party and the Republican party as they currently are. Yeah. I'll tell you what's actually salt in the wound. This would be real salt in the wound if it's true. Is if they stopped counting, they could call it and they still couldn't they still didn't have to count the ones that tr- Trump is trying to block. That would be salt in the wound. <laughs> yeah. 
like like Trump keeps accusing people of you know sneaking in votes and you know counting counting you know fake votes that magically come in, but <laughs> he can't even block them fast enough. Yeah, it, have you seen the? Uh, I think there's literally a, a I saw it on Twitter a stop the vote crowd of loon, right wing lunatics that are trying to trying to bully. I can't remember if it's Pennsylvania or one of those places into into stopping their counting. And it's just legal? like, unbel- I it, I don't think so. It shouldn't be. Yeah. Okay. Of course, I thought trying to run a presidential candidate's bus off the road was also uh, illegal. So we'll find out. <laughs> yeah. So um, you want to talk about the accusations of cheating? Oh, like the, the, um, Don, what is it? They, they, they're like, how did was it Michigan or Wisconsin? One of them, like, they're like, it jumped vertically and Biden's the only one that gained from that. And you don't you think that's a little fishy? And then it's like, like transparently there was a typo when whatever precinct it was uh, oh, re- wow. reported, they left a zero off of, off of the Ouch. Biden votes. And then they oh, found wow. out about it. And that's why it looked like Biden jumped just because there was a typo that they detected. There oh, okay. was a zero left off the end of a very large number. I'll be honest. That's that's probably as close as I I could think of to you know foul play or or human. Yeah, but that, like that literally the only threat, the only person that's nearly seen something like that is it was in Trump's favor. It was going to hurt Biden had it not been found out. Yeah. yeah. So um, you know, people keep saying, yeah, people keep saying how how mail-in voting is uh, prone to fraud. And I think when you think about fraud, you have to think about the, the ways an election can be, can be faked. So first, voters, and second, the counters. So for voters, mail-in voting is probably the hardest to cheat. Because at least today, at least where I live, you have to be verified for your signature. So that means, mm-hmm. quite honestly, as much as many people might not like to hear this, but verifying your signature is even stricter than, um, may, maybe not stricter than voter ID laws, but it basically isn't existent in states that don't have voter ID laws. Yeah. So uh, mail-in, the fact that you have to mail in and they have to human verify your signature, that alone makes it, virtually impossible on the voter level to cheat, especially on scale. Meaning, yeah, yeah, you can, you can steal a person's ballot or you can get a, you can get a ballot mailed to you. That's not yours. You could sign it for them, but good luck getting the signature, right? But let's say you got the signature, right? That's one vote. Yeah. He's, you're going to have to, Biden's not, gonna, Biden's not winning by five or 10 votes in any of these places. He's winning by thousands. Exactly. Yeah. So that, so on the voter level, mail, mail-in ballot is more secure than almost anything I could think of that we've tried. Yeah, there's, I mean, it's basically what we've known since Trump's been, you know, claiming that thousands of illegal immigrants or millions of illegal immigrants voted in the 2016 election, and that's why Hillary Clinton got the popular vote. We know it's not true. The 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 Republicans saying, "Oh, there's dead people voting." I'm like, no, dead people are voting. They're simply uh, still on the 
registered voter rolls. That's not actually people. There's not almost any examples of people having actually used the name of a dead person to vote. Yeah, exactly. And um, sadly, that conspiracy theory is what led to some states, I think it was Georgia, that purged people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Greg yeah. Palast, is, I, I haven't paid too much attention to the detail just because, you know, things have been moving so fast. Uh, Greg Palast <laughs> is, you know, have been covering um, elections for, for years, at least as early as 2000 and 2004. But, um, yeah, he, he's been um, shining the light on, you know, uh, voter registration purges, which obviously disproportionately affect uh, low-income and African-American people. And, yeah. Um, so, but because of how, how much we're winning, we, we, we don't even need, you know, those conspiracy, we don't need these bad news things to, to, to help yeah, us. Yeah, Biden's in. winning, if I'm not mistaken, he's winning by more than even Hillary Clinton won the popular vote. And then oh, obviously yeah. he's going to win the Electoral College. It's pretty certain at this point. And so... Yeah. The, the margin of winning is going to be well outside the margin of error. Exactly. Yeah. And um, so back to cheating and fraud. If your conspiracy theory is that counties and counters and states are going to cheat and not the voters, I got news for you. They don't need to wait until the last day to do that. They yeah. had minimum three weeks to prepare all their fake ballots um, or just be ready to report the number that they want when they d- decided that they want to falsely report it. If they want to do that, they wouldn't wait last day to do it. Yeah. They, they, <laughs> totally would, they totally wouldn't need to, you know, I mean, yeah, there's no system that would stop them, put it that way. And if they're going to do that with the president, why would they not do it with say the Senate, for example, because the Senate's not looking that great right now either, but somehow they changed the ballots, but only to, only to affect the presidential candidates and not anything else. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's like, you got, you got to be so delusional to think everybody's against you to think that when they're going to cheat, they're not smart enough to cheat where it actually matters. Yeah. Oh yeah. It is absolutely in their modus operandi that that they have to be persecuted. They desire so much to be able to claim that they are persecuted and probably relates a lot to their fundamentalist religion too. They have to feel like they're being persecuted for being Christian in a country that's 70% Christian. They, they have, they say, I'm going to fly this flag regardless of who it offends. I'm like, you live in America. The flag's not offending 90% of the people here. Like you're, creating these scenarios where you think that you're standing up to some indefatigable uh, persecutor (laughs) and it's just a joke. You're not being persecuted for being Christian in a vastly majority Christian nation. You're not being persecuted because you're white in a super white country. All these perceived examples of you supposedly being persecuted are make-believe. And it's just, it's literally their culture is all about pretending to be persecuted. Ironically, they're the ones who used to say, oh, you're playing the victim whenever they do it. Yeah. To a much greater degree. And I think Trump winning really did change the tables a little bit. Meaning during Tea Party years, yeah, they were were the victims because one, they lost. Two, 
the culture wasn't shifting their way. So yeah, I, I can see that for the eight years of Obama, they felt victimized. As soon as Trump won, I think a good portion of them, especially young people, played the fuck you, I'll, I'll be the bully card because Trump was really leading that example. Oh, so yeah. every time a, a, a Democrat complains about something they're victimized by, which is frankly far more legitimate, they always say, oh yeah, you, you just can't lose. Well, I, I think it's funny whenever, whenever uh, you know, you talk with one and they, you tell them how insufferable it is to have Trump as a president, then they're like, well, we suffered for eight years of Obama. I'm like, what do you mean you suffered? You didn't suffer anything. Your taxes didn't go up. He didn't bring socialism. You got health care. The percentage of uninsured Americans went down, but that's about it. And it should have gone even further than that. Like they weren't suffering under Obama, at least not from anything that he actually did that, that is legit causing them to suffer their suffering was completely self-inflicted by the fact that they just can't stand people it's they can't stand someone of the other tribe being in power yeah and obama wasn't throwing around his weight anywhere near as much as trump is uh, did i mean do you remember like unbiased america constantly talking about how many executive orders and all that all that sort of sort of stuff <laughs> And they're like, it proves that he's an authoritarian because he uses all these executive orders. And then the second Trump gets in and just like shelling out executive order after executive order, even stupid ones, like ones like he writes an executive order thinking that or trying to act like he's saving people with pre-existing conditions whenever that was already covered by Obamacare. And without Obamacare, his executive order wouldn't have even had the authority to do that anyway. Yeah. Or, or kind of like um, a, a more recent example, if I remember right, um, the, the, second, the second stimulus bill this year didn't pass or didn't get to get to a vote. So he just gave, he just wrote an executive order say, saying, I'll take care of people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or ironically, even though he literally told the Senate to don't worry about the stimulus, let's just get our right wing judge onto the court as proving that he doesn't care about helping people. He cares about. Yeah partisan tactics yeah yeah exactly you, you know people um you know, let me um segue one one thing real quick are you sure. a little bit disappointed that um last night's ads weren't as fun as super bowl <laughs> I mean, uh, clearly more people were watching but there's no <laughs> doubt i mean not on one channel but I, I don't know if there was more people watching than the super bowl americans are pretty uh, devout in their rel- religious worship of of football. <laughs> okay, even even when you throw in that there's more women that watch election, or is that not even true? Uh, I I, su- I suspect I don't know exactly where you'd have to go to find the numbers, but I I bet more people watch the Super Bowl than that than that watch live coverage of the presidential election. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, it, it is harder track because it's not one channel. It's public. Information. Yeah, it's hard yeah to... exactly. Cause I was watching it on YouTube on the channel or, you know, just a live YouTube exactly. channel. But yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't have a whole lot of faith in the American people. I mean, sure. They, they voted for Hillary Clinton 
slightly, but it should never have been that close. When the guy Hillary Clinton's r- running up against is the per- person who, for the last m- multiple years, was one of the at the forefront of perpetuating a stupid conspiracy theory that Obama's a Muslim from Kenya, like it should have been no contest. No one should have been able to lose to Trump if the American people as a whole were sane. Yeah, luckily, yeah, luckily, as a whole, we are. Yeah, it's just you know, not, not you know, evenly spread. You know, I was going to make the joke that, um, you know, we've been watching the election like waiting for the Pope announcement, but you know, maybe, yeah, if we didn't even make Super Bowl, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> the Pope announcement is that what you said? Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, oh, how I saw Will Ricky Ardella. On his twi- Twitter, jump, of course, just parroting the same Trump crap, but he was going, it is an absolute travesty that we don't know who the president is on the election day. I'm like, it's probably, it would, pro- would it not be more of a travesty to deny legally eligible voters, like, for their, to vote? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. and for their votes to count? <laughs> the- or, you know, honestly, let's flip it around and say, would you have preferred that we found out sooner like like seriously what if we actually started counting counting ballots sooner and faster um all these early voting states we do early vote and vote early count would they really want that yeah well and what it is is it's not a real principle they don't really have a principle that says that we should know who the president is on on election day they it's purely a talking point to mask the simple fact that they know that Trump's Trump voters voted disproportionately in person. And so they know that it would, it would manipulate the election in Trump's favor if they stopped voting. So that's the only reason Ricky Ardella or any right winger, you know, Trump has that talking point. It's not because they actually believe in the talking point. It's because it's a mask for, they just want to lie in the election. They want to throw out votes that are inconvenient yeah, exactly. And I mean, we don't even need to say this. We know this. If tables were turned, they would love to keep counting. They would love oh, yeah. to say it ain't over. Oh, yeah. They would, they would, you know, they would still probably be suing states, but they'd be doing the opposite, which is they, they ask for recount as soon as somebody calls, you know, it not in their favor. Oh, yeah. Time and again, time and again, they have shown that they have very few actual principles that they wouldn't instantly do a 180 on whenever they become inconvenient. Another particularly egregious example is the whole Supreme court thing in 2016, Mitch McConnell is saying we should treat this as a referendum for the, let the people choose and all this other sort of stuff that, that a president shouldn't put a, someone on the Supreme court in an election year. And then literally, and that was 10 months before Obama was even going to leave office. So that was yeah. almost a full year that they stonewalled yeah. him. And the, yet this year they completely 180 on that. Now they, they literally, they prioritize that over giving us a stimulus in the middle of a pandemic. They wanted to send their candidate through in a matter of three weeks before the election. Yeah. It's just and absurd. Yeah. Um, th- that's another thing. Like this pandemic has, you know, in addition to undermining Trump, it really brought out the 
victims. I mean, I, I know you, you pay more attention than I do. You notice more than I do. But I really felt like for, for three years, Trump people were not so much playing victims. They were mocking Democrats for losing. So every time we, we say something, they'll say, ha ha, you just can't lose. But yeah. when it or- came to the pandemic, <laughs> that's when they were complaining. Hey, you know, these unelected people have too much power. I'm saying, wait, you're the one that keeps telling you well, this is not a democracy. Oh, yeah. They're complaining about supposed unelective uh, officials as in the Supreme Court whenever gay marriage was legalized. And yet one of their main talking points of why we why Trump needs to get the Senate or the uh, Supreme Court nominee through is because they're like, we need conservative justices. that are going to vote in our our favor. We they don't they don't have a problem with activist judges. They just don't exactly. like activist exactly. judges that are oh not God, conservatives. You are so right. I literally asked my teacher this when I was in college. I said, is activist judges a conservative term? Because I've never heard a Democrat complain about activist judges. Yeah. Like, is this just invented by them? And <laughs> or, or are they the only ones that complain? Or are we living in an era where, you know, the tide is just shifting more, more leftist. So that's why they're the only ones complaining. Yeah, and, I, I think at least for most of, I I would say that the Supreme Court had been fairly split and that, well, even then, I don't know, because Citizens United was not favorable for liberals. Uh, yeah, but all the exactly. way back, all the way back then, I'm not sure if I was, I mean, I was in my early 20s, I think, or something like that. Uh, yeah. But I don't remember specifically what liberal how liberals were reacting to it, whether they were saying they don't like these activist judges or whatnot i mean we know oh, i can tell you that i can tell you yeah i think first of all bad news um liberals most liberals and democrats most americans for the matter but specifically most liberals and democrats don't even know what citizens united is it's number one yeah. two the ones that I mean, regardless of whether you 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 know what it is you disagree and you dislike it fine Nobody's complained that it's um, judicial activism with judicial tyranny. They flat out say it's wrong because of corporate interests. It's wrong because it's wrong. It's not wrong yeah. because of how it got there. It's wrong because it's morally wrong. It shouldn't be that way. I don't care how we got there. It just shouldn't be. Yeah, and ironically, if you most Republicans, if you talk to them, you'll be like, rich people shouldn't be able to sway our le- elections, right? They all this crony capitalism is a problem and they'd be like, yeah, I'm like, then why do you, did you overwhelmingly support citizens United? The, the, again, it's another one of those things where it's complete hypocrisy. It's not that they mind money in politics. They just mind the money of their, the people that they don't like in politics. You, you can tell whenever all a conservative is whining about is George Soros, supposedly pulling the strings from behind, uh, you know, they complain about his money in politics, but they don't mind the Koch brothers money in politics. They don't mind the Walton's money in politics. They don't mind, uh, Sheldon, Sheldon. They don't mind the person they vote for is literally a billionaire. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Which ironically, that's been a whole, whole, a whole irony itself. Just the fact that they think this dude with that has golden toilets and, and just gold plated Venetian looking, apartments that he that he hangs out with or some he's somehow the the people's man is just just mind-boggling let me ask you this what has been the best argument you've heard 
that says 2018 doesn't predict um, Trump losing. That what's the best argument that that what's the best argument coming from, say, you know, a Trump sympathizer or a Republican that says 2018? Yes, we lost, but that's not indicative. They could have simply said we we may have lost in the House, but we strengthened our hold in the Senate. But that falls apart as soon as you bring up only a third of the Senate was even at stake. It, any, well, it could have stayed the exact same way it was. And in any case, it's still going to be a sample size of which what the overall d- direction is going. And so and of course, it doesn't look like they're even going to lose the Senate this time, which is insane. <laughs> oh, but, but but for the same reasons, you're not voting every state now. Yeah, but now if you think about 2018 and now 2020, that's two thirds uh, that have gone up and it's still swinging in favor of Republicans. Okay, fair, fair. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess you're right. Uh, well, I mean, no, no, of course, data says you're right. Yeah. <laughs> and that and that's because and that's because the Senate by nature is the number of states, not not a number of people. So yeah, it gives you, rural you do areas have that in, you do have that in your power. pocket. I, I get it. Which is ironic because that that's one of the made up things that they that right wingers will bring up in favor of the electoral college. They'll say without the electoral college, all of our, our president would simply get chosen by New York and California exactly. every time. Yeah. And I'm like, the electoral college isn't the only thing balancing the power. The Senate itself is is doing it. The fact that that every single um there, oh man, I can't remember everything. The election, other than yeah, there's more stuff than the electoral college that has anything to do with that with you know evening out power. And even then, it's not necessary because it's not like California and New York universally vote for the Democrat every time. Something like forty percent of California voted for Donald Trump in 2016. It's not. It has no actual utility at causing causing politicians to not ignore rural voters because lots of the people in those areas still vote for the same people that the rural voters did. Yeah, exactly. And so this is, this is why every time they bring up a, yeah, it's going to be big States or big cities that override the rural area. And I just ask them the same question, which is what reason is there that it shouldn't be one, one man, one vote. And they always come, they always have this, I, I, I don't even want to repeat it without sounding stupid. They always say, <laughs> uh, because because um, somebody, I, I don't even know how to say it without sounding like an idiot. Um, they try to, they say, well, people in, people in big city shouldn't decide more than people in uh, a rural area. And that's it. They don't because they count equally. Why shouldn't they? Yeah, uh, they, and, they think and, it's some self-evident mantra yeah. but stating I think it people are conf- <laughs> i think people are conflating because electoral college has a few properties but i think people are conflating at least two of the properties one is winner takes all two is um uh, one is winner takes all two is uh, d- disproportionately yeah d- um small states have disproportionately more so those are those are two two things that taken together make actually electoral college the winner take all thing wasn't initially in the electoral college that happened. Individual States passed the winner take all 
where they all electoral votes go towards the candidate that the the state you know the simple majority voted for that that swept in like swept the states in like the around the 1850s i think it was like 18 18 between 18 1850 but yeah before after lincoln uh before okay then it had to be yeah 1850 or sooner. Yeah, Lincoln was president during the Civil War. I'm pretty good with my history. Yeah, it was just a slip of the tongue. I, obviously, it wasn't the 1500s because the U.S. didn't exist then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, yeah. So I said, like, wait, what? We hadn't even found a <laughs> Jamestown yet. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we kind of talked about 2018. Uh, next thing is stock market. Um, everybody was predicting that either if Biden wins or if we hang on, hang by a thread, the stock market's going to crash. Oh yeah. Because they're like, Biden's a socialist. So if he wins, then everyone knows that he's going to ramp up taxes and do all this other garbage, which is hilarious because I actually looked at my uh, portfolio today and it jumped like 4%. I was like, Holy crap. (laughs) (laughs) After after I started looking like Biden was winning, the stock market boosted, which, which is all the more funny again, we should tune into unbiased America because you remember in 2016 and early 2017, they were talking about the Trump bump as far as the stock market goes. And, uh, I bet they're going to completely ignore the Biden bump that happens. Right. That's, yeah, that's, that's the next thing I was going to say. If I, I've been telling my friends, if Biden inherits, I don't, I don't care if he, he created it or inherited, let's just give him worst case scenario. If he inherits an economy that an economy that he can, boost and fix if he ends up with a job job record on his hand i don't want to hear your bullshit excuses that's all his <laughs> yeah uh, you, you you can't you can't be complaining about because trump had almost a year or at least six months to fix whatever covid did to him yeah. um and, and so if if biden can can fix it or or just by luck i mean people keep saying you know uh, COVID, COVID is an election hoax. Sorry, sorry it's not going to end after tomorrow. But if COVID magically d- disappears one day or slowly disappears one day, it's going gonna, it's gonna to in four years, I'm sorry, even if it's not in one year, then, then Biden does recover or maybe he does something to speed up the recovery. That's yeah. all his. You, you can't say inherit anymore. <laughs> Actually, literally, there, there's no speed at which Biden could make the United States recover with that that one of those right wing social media groups wouldn't still say well he could have gone faster and a republican would have done it faster when it's they're just pulling it out of their ass yeah and and to be fair you know i think one thing we've learned this year about the stock market is that um rich people have nowhere to park their money so for the past 6 or 8 months with so many people losing their jobs Stock market has still been pretty stable. They recovered like within one or two weeks. And you mean since then, in March? It's been, yeah. I think it was like three weeks or. Okay, maybe three, weeks, like three yeah. weeks. But yeah. But every, everything, everything, whether it's one month or two months, is, is a fraction of eight months. Yeah. So, yeah. and ever since it did recover, meaning it got back to the, the, the April of two, um, 2019, it's been fairly stable. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, if that's any, go ahead. Oh, you you go ahead and fish. I was just going to say, while we're on uh, the coronavirus, we can uh, talk about that. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So if that's any indication 
that means that one, maybe rich people don't care about poor people, or two, rich people just invest in stock market no matter what. And three, COVID isn't going to kill the stock market, and nor will Democrats. Yeah. Well, what what it's amazing is they they're like the Democrats will raise taxes and it'll ruin the economy. I'm like, but we've the taxes have been that high before, like say during Clinton, for example, and it didn't the economy wasn't doing terrible. So well, you, there's little they... empirical evidence that shows that we can have tax rates higher than we currently have them and the economy will do just fine. Most any change would be short term. Like, sure, the stock market may dip a little bit temporarily, but it would come back. It would rebound and then keep going up at the same rate. There's a pretty much all the effects of lowering or raising taxes are temporary as far as how well the market's doing. Yeah. And um, yeah, Biden explicitly said it's not an not if you're making less than four hundred thousand. No, we, we won't. We won't see that until later. Yeah. But at the very least, the Republicans can can still say, "Well, um, they'll at least undo the the bump that Trump gave us." Like there wasn't a bump; it went up and then it went back down and stabilized, like it always does. Okay, what's next? Oh, I was gonna say so with the uh, coronavirus because the Republicans repeatedly say that shutting down is what crashed the supposedly crashed the economy or whatever. No people being feeling unsafe and not going out, whether or not the government was telling them to or not was what crashed the economy. It's, it's not one thing or the other. They're tied. The economy is going to do bad. If the, if the coronavirus is raging and if the coronavirus is not raging, then the economy will do, will, do good. You don't have to choose one or the other. And then, so one of the things that they say is that Trump had no, no, no idea that, or they'll say a Democrat wouldn't have handled the coronavirus any better. He, they would have done the exact same stuff. And I'm like, you know, Trump could have done one thing and it would have made a huge impact. He could have worn a mask the second the CDC recommended it and instruct his voter, his people to wear masks. That alone would have slowed down the pandemic because every one of his voters would have done what he said and took it like gospel. Yeah. And then and the funny thing is, if he had done that, I hate to make these what ifs, but if he had done that, not only do I not think Democrats would, you know, just, just oppose him, just to oppose him, because again, it's with the CDC. That's number yeah. one. Yeah. Two, two, if everybody was on board to wear a mask, I hate saying this, but if every state and most people, like 80, 90% of people were wearing masks at the tune of Taiwan and um, Japan, then maybe our governors would feel more safe letting people in and out and, and opening businesses. Yeah, exactly. No, that's absolutely would have been the case. If we would have had mask wearing on a large scale, along with hand sanitizing and all that sort of thing, we would not have, it's likely we would not have had to shut down, at least not seriously for the majority of the country. Super dense places like New York likely would have still faced restrictions, but probably not anywhere near to the, to the excess that they eventually had to because their hospitals were overflowing. It was like, it's just mind boggling that, that you can empirically see their hospitals getting overwhelmed and then right-wingers saying that this, this pandemic's no big deal. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I want to go right back to the election for one more sentence. Sure. The hypocrisy of Trump here, or, or Republicans in general, is that they insist the, the, pres- the presidential election isn't one election, it's 50. But then they won't respect the rules of every state when, when they're trying to do their thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're like I said, they're, there's brigades of people trying to demand that them, they, these individual states stop counting. Yeah. Well, I mean, actually, that, go, that reminds me of a point that I made about the Civil War, about, you know, the mythologized Old South that libertarians think of that the Old South was this, this liberty-loving, you know, small government. I mean, for, the, for one thing, it's just ironic that they, they're so nostalgic over the Old South as a, lib, as a beacon of liberty, despite they literally held other human beings as property. So that, that's kind of funny. But anyway, my point is that another example of the hypocrisy is that those states, those states were only for states' rights whenever it was convenient. But literally, the guy that all the South voted for, uh, Breckenridge, he wanted a national slave code. He didn't want it to be left up to states' rights. Stephen Douglas, the other Democrat that was running against that Democrat, uh, was for leaving it up to the states. No, the the South unanimously voted for the guy who wanted the federal government to come in and force everyone to allow slavery. So they oh, weren't force everyone to allow. Uh, you scared me. I thought he was going to force everybody to have one. Like, what? Oh no, force them to allow it. Like no state. Oh. If he got his way, or if the South got their way, no, none of the northern states would be allowed to stop people from be- bringing their slaves into the state and keeping them and staying there. So, um, speaking of that, you know, with all these, you know, pro marijuana legislations um, going on, you know, I gotta repu- gotta remind our Republican friends, hey, we're trying to reduce government. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, well, again, the re- Republicans have, they don't care about small government. They, they want a huge, massive military. They don't mind deficit spending. Literally the, the budget has bloated every bit as much under Trump as it, as it did during Obama. They, it's, I don't even know how any Republican could even hold the facade of pretending like they are for smaller federal government or, or more responsible spending. Because first off, I agree. We could we could improve our spending. We could probably shave fat off in a lot of areas, but you should do the f- shaving the fat first and then lower the income, not lowering like what they do is they just cut taxes, but they don't actually reduce spending. But it's, I'm sure that's what they accuse of. It's pretty clearly. Us of, oh, we're yeah. talking about borders and immigrants. I mean, I'm sure they'll say, hey, you, you need to cut the welfare state before you let immigrants in. Ironically, there's. I mean, first off, the largest amount of our debt is owed to ourself, to the to Social Security, but <laughs> not not welfare. And in any in any in any case, just let's slash the military budget. We don't need a military as big as we have. We're already unchallenged on the world stage militarily. It's not even close. <laughs> Let me ask you this: since we're we keep going back to you know hypocrisy of Republicans. Do you see a similar level or abundance of this type of hypocrisy on leftist liberals and Democrats? Um, I don't 
I don't necessarily think that it's quite as universal as it is for the Republicans. Give but me the best I one you can think of. Definitely well, the best. Well, for one thing, Democrats supposedly being being pacifists, and yet they're they're demanding that we punch every Nazi we see, and and they they it seems way too often they refuse to condemn actual rioters and people burning stuff down and all that. Okay, fair enough. I, I, I think, okay, see, that's where I would say there's a difference between an average voter and a politician. Politician obviously never advocates punching people. Sure, voters might. And then Right, Joe Biden condemning... denounced the riots. Exactly, yeah. And then um, the rioting, I, I, I'm totally with you. I, I'm so disappointed that, you know, during during George Floyd, there was not more leadership, especially whether you're talking about a Democratic Party or Black Lives Matter that came up and said, don't riot. We don't stand for that. We we can't lower ourselves to that level. We yeah. need to. We shouldn't. Yeah, it's not necessary. <laughs> yeah. We had way too many social justice warriors that said uh, you, you shouldn't tell people how to protest. And I said, you're trying to spare the feelings of. I hate to say, you know, the, the most powerless or the few, but more, more importantly, because of sparing these people's feelings or trying to sympathize with them, you're going to lose a lot of people in the middle. I oh, can't yeah. sell my middle friends on we need, we're, we're standing for peaceful, nonviolent protest. If, if I can't even point the finger and say, that's not us. Because yeah. if you don't point the finger and say, that's not us, you're opening the door for infiltrators and, and provocateurs to fuck you up. Oh yeah, and which is rightfully so what a lot of the more liberal leaning libertarians are trying to kick the racists out of out of the movement because so many of those racists have infiltrated uh the libertarian movement and are and the more reasonable libertarians rightfully see that those people are making them look really bad. Yeah, exactly. Actually, one other one of the other big examples of hypocrisy on the left that I was going to say is that uh nuclear power the 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 left says they always tr- always trust the science. They act like they are the party of science. Or again, I'm not necessarily talking about all of them, but on too many. Um, and yet they will deny every like you've seen. I've written thoroughly and researched thoroughly on the nuclear energy topic, and I have encountered so many people on the left who are frothing at the mouth and are using the exact same fallacies that right-wingers justify denying climate change with and they're using that the similar tactics to deny the the safety the safety and utility of nuclear power and so that's another topic where the left is very often terribly hypocritical okay yeah yeah even that's not even that's not as bad and i'll even give you this that as much as that's a hypocrisy, that is very much a consistent one. Like it's basically become either party line or the trend. Like you can expect most liberals do oppose nuclear power despite being, being pro green and and all that. That's not something that, that seems to flip every election. Yeah. It, it may be the, uh, it may be the wrong position to hold, but at least they don't flip it whenever it's convenient or inconvenient or anything else like that. I just think it's funny that they, they take climate change seriously, but also want to compl- explicitly forbid us from using the best option we have of getting off of fossil fuels the most quickly, which is one of the reasons why until 
we have mostly uh, nuclear energy that that pr- pr- uh, until nuclear power is the most prominent source of our electricity in America, I'm not for electric cars because it's just being created. It's still the energy is coming from fossil fuels. Oh yeah. You, you, you don't need to worry about that, but cause um, electric cars aren't going to be affordable anytime soon. Doesn't I don't know. They're, they seem to be, I'm, I've noticeably in about the last year, I've seen a lot more Teslas and a lot more, like ma- mainstream car manufacturers that are putting out models of a uh, of of electric cars like even even Chevy just put put one out not that long ago I can't remember the name of it but I don't know if you uh watch computer stuff but Linus Tech Tips on on uh oh yeah I love on that you, on YouTube one of the that guy's so big that, that if you if you <laughs> if you that guy's so big that if you didn't watch any um YouTube videos and you open up a fresh browser or turn on a new computer, that's one of the first people. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. I'm glad he's doing well. But one of the episodes showed, or he was, sh- you know, showing his uh, electric car and how much he liked it. And it was a, I think it was a Chevy Volt, maybe. Mm-hmm. But yeah. in any case, I actually think electric cars are becoming very popular very quickly, which, again, would be great if our electricity wasn't still primarily coming from fossil fuels. Uh, and, you know, it, it just... <laughs> it's okay, fair mind-boggling. Let me ask you this. What do you think happened between impeachment and now? As far as what? Why? Why did, why did Trump still have a increased approval rating when, he, when impeachment failed? But then from that point on, he, he, he went from looking like he was still winning to losing. Well, as far as his approval rating goes, like you can look at the 538 aggregate and he, his approval ratings, it's wavered a little bit, but it pretty much goes, it's pretty much been roughly 43%. Like no matter what, he never got even within like a week, I think it was after the, after he was the inauguration was when his approval rating dipped below 50% and never returned. So I, I don't think. Trump is actually much less popular than he was before. I oh, think that okay. there was then just I, a lot I of, I think there was just a lot of, uh, sane people sitting that sitting the 2016 election out. I see. So I guess what you're saying is maybe I misunderstood you. I think shortly after impeachment, I remember you saying something like an impeachment backfired because he's more popular than ever. He might still win, but nobody has been saying that since, you know, at least April, but okay, maybe not April, but definitely not since June. I mean, it, I don't know, necessarily know whether it had any lasting effects effects, but it certainly didn't work against him. Like I said, I don't think the impeachment has anything to do with why he's losing this time. I think that, like I said, more Americans turned out to vote and half of it's probably just chance. That's, that's what the electoral college does is it, getting enough votes isn't what counts getting them in the right places is what counts. And it seems like that's oftentimes just up to chance. And because of how short sighted and, and narrow minded most Americans are have, they, they probably weren't thinking of anything. Most of the people that swayed the election in favor of Joe Biden, 
they probably weren't thinking of anything that happened before the last two weeks. Like, otherwise, they'd they'd stop electing stupid people. Uh, but it, but in any case, there's a good amount of <laughs> a good amount of scholarly empirical research showing that people are just extremely short-sighted. So let me ask you this. Um, it's very easy to say today Biden's winning, but at what point in time were you comfortable saying Trump was losing? Um, right the last couple hours. <laughs> really? I mean, I mean, I woke you're, up you're this saying, morning. You're saying I, you're saying a month ago you you still you still was weren't sure? No. Well, I I recognized that the ev- the best evidence suggests that Biden will win, but that was also still it's within the margin of error and so okay, let me let me let me be more I broad thought, at what point did you think it was more than 50 50 um probably this morning when i woke up and uh i didn't wake up to the same nightmare that i did in 2016 <laughs> i went to sleep thinking that or while hillary clinton was a uh, awake or uh, uh ahead and then i woke up to her completely having basically lost the election so you're and you're, so you're saying, I woke up this morning and Biden wow. was ahead more than he was. So last you're saying night. A, week, a week ago you you still thought this was about fifty fifty. Logically speaking, I knew that it was likely the evidence was in Biden's favor, and I've known that for a while. But as far as not wanting to get my hopes up and then have them crashed, uh, I wasn't going to allow myself to feel particularly confident confident that Biden was going to win until it's pretty much a done deal. Okay. So okay, so, so you answered my first question, which is yeah, done deal was pretty much this morning. So when, when well, do done you deal, remember done deal was, I started feeling more confident this morning. The done deal was after it, like an hour ago, whenever I saw that CNN projected <laughs> Michigan as but, the, as yeah, the, let me ask you. So <laughs> when do you remember that there was enough evidence to, to favor Biden? Um, I mean, I pretty much assumed, or not assumed, just looking at the approval ratings, the polls have showed him up pretty much the entire time that Biden has been the candidate running against Donald Trump. So the evidence has shown that he's the likely winner the entire time. So least, since, you're saying since since January or since March? Or? Um, I can't remember exactly when the, basically after Biden declared victory in the okay. primaries. Okay, got it. So, so right after the convention. Yeah. Oh wait, so the con- but the convention was after June, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I think that. Oh, okay. It, so I think it was pretty wait. clear that he was gonna win. He was gonna win well before that, but he didn't actually declare victory until okay. you know a good amount later. Okay, okay, yeah, that's that's where we differ. So, for me, I, I, I'll admit, I was naive enough to believe that. Um, impeachment even if it failed was gonna was gonna hurt his chances just just to show people just because it was a it was bad pr mm-hmm. so I, I admit i was wrong i was or am wrong about that or um yeah that was he, in that was in february yeah he didn't take any big hit in the polls after that okay. he stayed at his usual low 40 ish yeah. percent yeah then came march and and covid and that's when I said he is fucked. And I thought at that point, okay, the 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 infection rate or the job market is just gonna get so bad 
that people are going to hate him. I thought it was going to be a, I thought the, the disease was just going to come and go and be, be gone by say July, but that, mm-hmm. then the damage would all be done. And, and Trump then, could claim victory. It, yeah. And, but, but I still thought that that, that wasn't enough that I just thought even if, even if it was, even if the economy took a dip for one month, that would be enough to fuck them over. What I didn't see was, <laughs> what I didn't see was one, the pandemic lasting this long. And two, I really didn't think he was, lo- he would lose by this much. I really thought that today we would be sitting here and we would still be waiting on one state to, to be um, for Biden's favor. And he's going to, he's going to um, just, just lose by one state. Yeah. I pay pretty close attention to who, his approval rating and he actually got a boost a temporary boost in approval after the pandemic hit which is mind-boggling <laughs> yeah but what i this is what something that a lot of people disagree with me on this is something i've been waiting to tell you today or maybe you've heard <laughs> me say it but i think the one thing that really fucked him over wasn't covid i mean yes covid did do it do, do a lot of it but the one thing that really broke the straw, uh, the straw that broke the camel's back, was Chauvin. Chauvin he got away with, yeah, he got away with impeachment. He almost got away with COVID just by cheering on the protests and telling people to defy orders and dividing our, our country between mm-hmm. red red versus blue and uh, people scared versus people not yeah. scared. He almost got away with it, but as soon as Chauvin killed Floyd, that was over. He got. That's when he lost so many people in the middle. He got so many people on the road protesting, on the road on the streets protesting. You got all these people rioting, and from that point, we we now change the discourse on policing forever. We um, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, uh, as far as helping or hurting Trump, I I don't think the the killing of George Floyd. Uh, and the way Trump reacted to it hurt him at all. I think the same people that always liked him continued. And uh, actually the fact that some people started rioting and burning stuff down. And then the dumbest slogan that I've ever heard. Well, one of the dumbest slogans, abolish the police. police. I think all that stuff, as far as net effect, likely helped Trump more than it hurt him. And so we'd probably, I'm guessing if we continued to just if we would have just seen protests without violence Mm -hmm. and and without stupid slogans like abolish the police i -hmm. think that the net effect would have been positive uh, i mean negative towards trump and i think that it's quite possible we would have seen him biden win by more than more of a landslide than we did okay fair enough so so at least we agree that um, it started, I mean, as soon as Floyd was killed, that chain of events, um, could have, um, hurt Trump, but because, but because, um, certain bumps on the road, such as riots and, and violence that yeah. might've, but because of, because of the extremists, how the extremists on the left responded to it, basically giving him more fodder and letting basically older, moderate people who were going, who are leaning towards biden gave them it gave trump fodder to tell those people look biden's 
Biden or the left. We can't let the left get control because they're showing that they're fine with riots. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I do agree that, you know, the fact that Democrats were not harder on the rioters did, did, did hurt them ultimately. And but um, what I was getting at earlier was the fact that Floyd was killed changed two things forever that I couldn't have imagined a year ago. One was, yeah, defund the police, as absurd as it may sound to an average person, it's actually being brought up. It is now, you know, Black Lives Matter is now more of a household name than it ever was. It's now, you know, on the tip of everybody's tongue, whether you like it or not. Defund the police, even if it's not gonna be popular, everybody's heard it now. And three, this is something I couldn't imagine four years ago, which is the the whole idea of um, you know Confederates were the good guys or they were against slavery. That's dead. A year ago, we couldn't be talking about uh, we we got to remove the statues. Now that's official. Now that's become the popular opinion. Well, I'm not sure. I, I mean, I think it was always or it's been the majority opinion that the South was the bad guys in the Civil War, but I, I wish it was by a much larger margin, and I don't feel like... I th it's probably swayed in the correct direction more recently, but I still think that the Civil War, the Old South sympathizers are still extremely numerous. <laughs> They're still extremely numerous, but they lost the middle people. And more importantly, you know, three years ago, like literally, yeah, three years ago, Charlottesville was a protest over that. That was when you still had politicians that were sitting on the fence. That's gone now. Nobody yeah. now publicly, nobody now in office publicly says we should preserve statues. Yeah, well, that we should leave them in places of veneration. I don't think we should tear them down. I think we should put them in museums because they're still that, yeah, exactly. artifacts. Yeah. But yeah, I get that. Cause that's one thing that pisses. Another thing that pisses me off that the left does is just trying to tear every statue down. Even ones that this whole, because again, I'm a fan of reading history books. And so this strange obsession, a lot of people on the left have for trying to cancel every single historical person and to look at these historical people at, out without taking into consideration the context surrounding it, it it just is also it's also very irritating to me <laughs> no i you're right and i think maybe this is this was the wrong way i phrased the question maybe it's not so much how trump lost but how just just focus on this conversation the conversation about the south and confederate statues that's changed and gone forever and you can blame it on democrats not being not being um, better at managing chaos you could blame it on um the left is being too strong on canceling and, and violence but it all started with chauvin without yeah. chauvin without floyd dying uh during a pandemic we would we would it was all still be in the background but now the debate's over yeah how how do you so what do you think of the the Brianna Taylor case because me looking at it it's definitely an example of of how no knock warrants should be illegal and the war on drugs is should also 
not exist Absolutely. and that should change. But I, but I don't see that as an example of racist cops because the cops. That's broke. the thing. They don't need to be. That's, that's the problem. They don't need to be racist to have the same effects as racism. That's well, what the, well, then, means. well, then why are, why, why protest and demand that the cops be arrested if we're recognizing that it's not their racism, but it's the law that they were obligated to do, do by duty? <laughs> oh, okay, okay, that's a fair question. You you phrase that as in why arrest somebody who was allegedly just following the rules? Um, oh, the as far as the cops go. My point is that they're demanding those cops be arrested, and mm-hmm. the idea behind it is that those cops are racist, and that's why they killed Brianna Taylor. Whenever that's likely not the case, they were Brianna Taylor was killed because a stupid law has no, no, totally no no. I think people I think people recognize and I, I, okay. I think if you really sat somebody down and asked them, they would admit that, and 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 that's assuming you gave them the facts, but. This is the point. We don't need the cops to be racist to have the anger that we have for them. And people who are bringing up Brianna Taylor, they are maybe not explicitly, but I think they know in context, if you really ask them, that it's this is not a isolated incident. This is a pattern of how our system keeps disproportionately affecting black people even if the cops were supposedly just following the law. You can't keep writing this off as a few bad apples or an accident or they were not racist because that's not good enough. Yeah. Well, the, the po- my the overarching thing that I would say is that, yes, the laws that are in place are absolutely disproportionately hurting the black community and that if they were abolished like the war on drugs and no knock warrants that would solve like to me 60 percent of the problem that the the black community is facing but i don't think that in general the trend is that these black people are being killed because of racist cops oh exactly the laws are the problem yes and that's 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 what i keep saying that's what systemic racism means it means individual people do not need to be racist to get the same results as racism yeah but in the most of the times that I've seen people on the left, I'm obviously on the left myself, but people on the more feel like they're revolutionaries or whatever, whenever they refer to it, they almost always refer to it as racist cops and yeah, systemic I, racism. Or they'll say Brianna Taylor would be alive if she was white when that's stupid. That's not the case. She, anyone that was in that apartment would have likely got shot yes, regardless and, and of their I, color. I, yeah. Yeah, and I and I think as as mistaken and as and and wrong as that might be, it's a minor it's a minor wrinkle on the greater point. And it's unfortunate that yes, some people do repeat things without looking at details, but I do believe, not to excuse them, but I understand and I do believe that for the most part people repeat these and maybe over dramatize and exaggerate it because they understand it works. It gets your attention. It gets you to support the cause. It's ultimately the right idea. And uh, I'm, I'm sorry, but wrongly accusing three or five cops of racism for killing people is much better than ignoring that two innocent people were, were, were killed because they were 
Well, the just, problem is it's not just two or three cops being accused of racism falsely. It's most cops are not or not most cops. Most killings where a black person is killed, it is assume, assumed right off the bat that the okay, cops see, are racist. See, see, yeah, they, see, see, because that's where that's where you many, can't that's where you can't take Brianna Taylor and say, well, this wasn't racism, and then say, well, then you can't assume most are. Maybe most are, and Brianna's the isolated incident that she's not a victim of racism. Again, I don't know if you've read the article that I wrote, but I genuinely looking into it the into it in good faith. I went through all the data that I could find, including scholarly sources and whatnot, and there doesn't seem to be a, a any any trend overall that cops are just they're they're killing black people because of racism. Okay, yeah, and I, I think now, yeah, I, I get your point, and I'll I'll take that as you know for true for sake of this argument but that, that now we're talking about two different things one is was brianna taylor specifically you know targeted or specifically a victim of racism you can say no now are most um people black people killed by cops victim of racism probably not but when people bring this up they want you to know that one it's systemic so the cops don't need to be racist and two just another way of saying it cops don't need to be cops don't need to be racist we shouldn't have to wait till cops actually are racist we we do need to um be more aware of the systemic problem and that goes goes next into the next point which you're i know irritates you which is this is why people bring up the more the overarching more extreme position of defunding or abolishing the police because they understand that you put there is no police violence without police that's you know utopian maybe absurd but it's a fact tautologically well and of course but you've already agreed with me that the problem is not the cops that it's the the laws so why would we just say we need to get rid of cops rather than changing the law especially because empirically some, some speaking people are, is, is, that, is that exactly imp- what defund police means what wait what are you saying it means well i I'm mean saying- I, I know what i know what the the left libertarians that i've heard talk about it the most mean by it but what do you mean okay yeah okay it may not matter what i mean but to an average person who doesn't understand or doesn't care if he hears defund the police doesn't he think you mean get rid of all police or most police yeah that's the problem with the slogan is you you don't is because if you you really want to if you really want to advocate something you should the slogan should be fairly self-evident it shouldn't be something you have to go in and read a bunch of a bunch of esoteric no, I agree. anarchist no, I agree. circle literature before you actually no, understand what people are talking about i agree but didn't you just ask if the problem is systemic and the problem was is with all cops altogether shouldn't we address the problem with police and not racism the problem isn't the we've already discussed that the the problem isn't the cops the problem is the laws yeah so but getting rid you, of cops you, isn't going to change the law and and empirically speaking we need more cops, not fewer cops. We just need them to be not armed with firearms and they need to be better trained, which would include, or which would entail funding them better. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I, I think I could, I think I could agree that, um, yeah, we, we need to fund them better or we need to fund the right people and they don't need to all to be arms. Although I think it's very hard for an average person to imagine what a cop looks, looks and feels like without a firearm. Um, 
Well, that's why I'm talking about increasing the number of cops while reducing the amount that are allowed to carry a firearm. Because whenever there's more cops, they'll feel they'll feel less threatened in in threatening situations that anyone would otherwise feel threatened in. Uh, because yeah, they have backup. That, did, that, didn't, that, that didn't stop Wallace from getting shot. Uh, and? And? You know? Like, I'm talking about trends. I'm not talking about individual. Okay, fair. Yeah. Individual but instances. I, I, I hope I can at least answer your question, which is, um, yes, when you say it's systemic, you are saying that individual people don't need to be racist. It's number one. Two, um, if you believed that the system, whether it's police specifically or the drug war or no-knock warrants, then yes, you take it up with the, um, with the system and address the root cause if you, if you think you could find one. No Black Lives Matter um, person or no defund the police person disagrees that we should get rid of no-knock warrants. Not a single one of them right, disagrees of we should, we, sh- we shouldn't, that we should, that we sh- nobody disagrees on um, ending the drug war. Everybody agrees we should end the drug war. So um, you don't need to go so extreme to say we need to get rid of the police. But if you did, I think that would satisfy a lot of people. If you got rid of the police? Oh, you mean say it. You mean for rhetorical purpose? Or, no, even, even in actuality. It, well, yeah, I don't think people are satisfied after the theoretically, crime it'll, it'll rate never goes happen. through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> after the crime rate goes through the roof, I don't think they'll be. It's kind of like doing the same thing, but in the opposite. It's like a demagogic statement that, that for example, uh, the politicians used tough on crime as a demagogic, emotional inducing statement to, because it means basically you're telling people the crime rate is up and being harsher to people is going to fix it. And so it's kind of going in the opposite direction. Cops are crime or black murders are up and the, you've got to get rid of cops to, to, to fix it, which is ironically, uh, unarmed black cops killed by, or unarmed black people killed by cops is probably like close to a 20 year low, but (laughs) My point is, is that so one of the examples that I always compare stuff to is for like climate change. I'm fully accept I accept climate change fully, but I am not going to. I'm not going to give a rubber stamp to to people who want to exaggerate past what the evidence actually says, even if they think that at least it'll get people talking about it. I will. I, I just don't, I'm not interested in that. I want to be as accurate as possible, no matter what. I'm not interested in rhetorical value. Fair enough, yeah. So anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all I think they have today. Oh, okay. Well, that was a good, good hour and a half worth of material. We could... Turned that into a pretty good podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, to, and to think we we thought we could wrap this up in thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah, and I, actually, because I'm getting because my room's getting real hot. I think it's the oh, yeah. computers heating the place up. You know, since I have a yeah. a monster for a computer. But <laughs> yeah. 
All right, man. Good talking to you. We'll yeah, do this was, again soon. Yeah, that was a fun one. I, I agree. I'll, I'll look forward to the next time we get a get a discussion going. Cool. <laughs> All right. See you next time. See you next time. Bye.